0: Hello and welcome to Healthy for a Lifetime. This podcast is being produced by Healthy Living International. This is our first episode, episode 001. It's being recorded on October 23rd, 2001. I'm here with Kent Hinkson. He is the founder of Healthy Living International. So Kent, uh, how did Healthy Living come to be? What was the seed that was planted to make Healthy Living what it is today?
1: The seed was a study of iridology with Dr. Bernard Jensen uh, when I was 22 years of age. At that time, I was totally uh, bewildered about how health could be seen in the face, specifically in the nerve endings in the eyes. And you could uh, find out... um, You could find out... uh, how healthy a person was by looking at their face and looking into their eyes. But I gave that up to make a living. So that was a 22-year-old uh, y- young man saying, this is very interesting and studied it for a while. And then after you get married and you find out you have to earn a living, sometimes you focus on making money instead of on learning. So I, I, after a short time, I left the practice of iridology and focus my life on technology and making lots of money. And uh, did that for many years. And then there was a time in my life where I was parenting a lot of children by myself while my wife was taking care of her father. And that was in another state. We were in Utah, The father, my father-in-law was in Ohio. And I had all these children, we eventually had 12 children um, yours mine and ours. And they were in the house and I was making food and sending them off to school and hearing them as they came home from school and running doing the job of both parents. But during the time they were gone, I remembered that I loved the pursuit of how is health achieved? So I started studying health again and I was quite thrilled to go to the internet, which was now available.
0: This was in 2001, 2000, 2002.
1: In the year 2001, I was watching all of our children, sending them off to school, making them breakfast, feeding them dinner, and doing it while my wife was gone. And I had that time when they were at school where I studied health again. And I started coming across the concept, the really strange, weird concept that... Health wasn't achieved by taking pills or drugs, but it was achieved by eating good food. The idea that food should be your medicine. And I learned about a study done by a university back east on stabilized rice bran. And it intrigued me for several days. So this university found that if you took rice bran and you ate it, it would heal stomach ulcers, it would help heal nerve problems, there's a lot of nerve issues like uh, multiple sclerosis, and they found that just eating a uh, stabilized bran of rice would help all those things, and
0: real quick, uh, just for sake of our new, the new clients who aren't familiar with uh, the or life solubles. What is rice bran? you define rice bran real quick? Like, if I go and
1: eat rice, am I eating rice bran? You are. If you eat brown rice, you'll be eating rice bran. But if you cook it, you've destroyed it. So stabilized rice bran is the brown shaving of the whole rice. It's shaved off. You know, when you make white rice, which is what most people eat, you take whole patty rice that's come right out of the patty, and you... Shave off the brown part, you throw it away, and then you package up the white part. and You send that out, and people eat. That's rice. To so the bran is what makes rice brown. Yeah, the bran is the, the brown part. And it doesn't do much good to eat the bran if it's been cooked, because the heat changes. It's, it destroys the nutrition. So people, in fact, a few doctors have said to me, that won't help you to eat... Um, Brown rice, people have been doing it for thousands of years, and it doesn't make them healthy. You need drugs. You need things like uh, serotonin reuptake inhibitors to get your brain chemistry back, and you need Lipitor to keep your cholesterol down. They'd tell me all these drugs that I needed to be healthy. So these are doctors telling you you needed to have these pills? Yeah, I would talk to them about health because I have access to several doctors in our neighborhood. So I'd always, again, I'm interested in health, and I'm being a parent of all these children by myself, you go to doctors who should know more than you. And I asked them about their ideas on health and found out that they didn't think that food was medicine.
0: Did didn't even read that study you had found?
1: No, they weren't interested in reading it because they already knew everything. Right. It's the problem of someone that knows everything, you can't learn. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, but I was looking at university students. Now, the nice thing about university students is they don't yet know everything. So they're open and they're discovering the world instead of telling you what they know about the world. And they were surprised that stabilized rice bran, the brown part of whole rice, had so many healing properties, and they were documenting them. And then saying, my goodness, it helps get rid of stomach ulcers. It helps to restore nerve function. And they wrote this all up, and I happened upon the, dis- the, the studies and Read it for a few days until I understood. They re- these students really found something that worked. This was, was the
0: study you said you found that started these all these conversations. Yeah. right.
1: It started my, it started my dis- my conversations with doctors because I'd tell them about the studies and they'd say, "Nah, uh, we know all about rice. It's been around for thousands of years. There's nothing special there. Don't think about that. Think about the new discoveries, our drugs that we have to offer you." But, I was completely convinced by this study that it was real because these were people with no nothing to sell and they were still humble looking for truth having read the studies and also rem- remembering back to the founder of modern medicine Hippocrates he said let food be your medicine and uh, he had found that concept many years ago let food be your medicine learn to eat so that your body can maintain its health Well, anyway, after I found this study, I said to myself, well, where in the heck can I find stabilized rice bran so I can eat it? Someone else said, you know, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. If you want to know the truth, live it (laughs) and see what happens. So I was ready for the next step, which was to say, okay, I want to try this stabilized rice bran. So then uh, back in in 2001 when I was doing this, I didn't know where to get it. You couldn't get it at the store because it was cooked or processed. I found out quickly that stabilized rice bran had to go through a special process where you stabilize it without heat or chemical, or you've ruined it. So, Okay, so just to be clear,
0: stabilized rice bran is the part that had all those benefits from that study, not necessarily just regular... Like if I were to go eat brown rice, would I get all those same benefits?
1: That's what I'm, I guess I'm wondering. Um, you could get the same benefits but it's really actually a little bit complicated because if you eat brown rice by the time you eat enough of the stabilized rice bran to help you you will have put on 10,000 you will have eaten 10,000 calories along with the brown part oh. with the nutrition so unless I'm running 10 marathons a week right <laughs> so here's the problem you want the nutrition but you don't want the calories in fact the concept that's probably the truest thing you'll ever hear is you live on one fourth of the food you eat, and your doctor lives on the three fourths. So, the three fourths makes you sick, so you need the doctor. The one fourth is what you live on that makes you healthy. People, you don't
0: you don't just mean calories, though, that makes me sick, right? You're talking about things like tons of extra sugar, all kinds of crap, and Diet Coke or whatever, and things like that, right? Or, gosh,
1: if you if you go back just a, a few generations, most people ate, you know, 150 grams of sugar in a year. Now they do that in a month. Okay. So. I just wanted
0: to be clear we're talking about, I mean, you can eat too many calories, and obviously being, you know, 350 pounds and 5'2 is not very good for your heart or your body. But overall, what you're referring to is poor, poor bad things, not necessarily bad things. I don't want to say good and bad food, but too much of things that can be harmful to your body, like sugar.
1: Yeah. The, the concept, it's simpler to, for people to say we need to half up on calories and double up on nutrients. Okay. So that but the old Chinese proverb is the doctor lives on three-fourths, you live on one-fourth of your food. Gotcha. We overeat is the real concept. And the reason we overeat is we don't work out. We're not burning 10,000 calories a day farming and ranching like we used to. Sitting in an office all day. Uh, but again, that those things came along later. Back then in 2001, I was interested in how food could heal people. And then I want to know where to get that darn food from. So where did
0: you get rice bran, or stabilized rice bran?
1: Well, it, it actually took a lot of, of research. Just like I found this on the Internet, I found the solution, or found where to buy it on the Internet. Somebody had an ad out for stabilized rice bran. I called the phone number on the ad, and I found somebody who represented a, a company selling stabilized rice bran. This is a company founded by Dr. William R. Kellis and Larry Cantrell. The company was Integris Global and Dr. Kellis owned the Center for Advanced Medicine in California and Larry Cantrell was a marketing guy. They teamed up to bring real food to the masses. What I want to get to real quick is Integris was the vehicle or the company that was selling stabilized rice bran. The inventor of stabilized rice bran is someone I ended up figuring out how to call and talk to on the phones. I've talked to her several times. Her name is Patty Mayhew, and she remarried and became Patty McPeak. And Patty Mayhew and I talked for quite a long time about her experience of going to India. And she is what I call the discoverer of stabilized rice bran. So she went to India, and while she was there, she observed that when Indian mothers had sick children, they would run to the rice mills. And at the rice mills, they could obtain rice discards. Now, rice discards is simply the the part that was just milled off of the paddy rice. That's P-A-D-D-Y. Paddy rice comes from a rice paddy. It's from the plant. They, they'd go to the rice mill, and they would uh, mill off the brown part, throw it away. So it's a discard. It's in the refuse pile outside the mill. And they would bag up the white rice that they would sell to the people. And the, Patty observed that the um, Indian mothers would grab those discards, bring it home, make a gruel, feed it to their children, and their children would get better. And so she asked herself, or she said to herself, this is important. They're getting their health for their children from the brown rice that was milled and thrown away. That would help their children to become healthy if they were uh, ill. She then wanted to make that available to the world. She said, this is a discovery. We need Um, brown rice. There's so many aspects of this that we're going to be all over the map. She found out, for instance, that if those rice discards were saved for a day, they were rancid. You couldn't store it. You had to eat it fresh. You had to take it home and make it right then and eat it. You couldn't wait till the next day. In fact, she found that the brown rice discards would be rancid and unedible within just four hours of being milled. So it was a challenge to get four hours, so four they mill it, and
0: I've got four hours to take it home and feed it to my family.
1: And after that, it's no good for you. She, but this was a challenge for Patty. She wanted to bring this to the world. She was immensely driven with a, a passion like most scientists are, most discoverers of something new. She wanted to share it with the world that brown rice discards were good for you. They would help you to become healthier than you were. But she had this problem. You had to get it within four hours of being milled. Which meant you had to live next to a mill. Is this because she's talking about how, like, m- the
0: mills in India where it's really hot and humid? Is that going to be the same? I'm assuming if I were to mill in Antarctica, no, it's, it's not going to go bad in four hours. But that's, that's what I'm asking. I don't know.
1: No, it just it just at a normal temperature, you bring it into a normal room temperature, of 70, 72 75, degrees, 75 you, degrees. You're going to find that your brown rice is not good in four hours. Not brown rice, but the milled part. The, the, the milled the, part. Okay, got the it. The brown, the brown shavings of. Or the the um, bran of the rice, it's not good. It can't store, and that's why, that's actually why people only eat white rice generally. If you have whole whole rice, it has oils in the bran that cause it to go rancid. That's because of a combination of enzymes and oils is why it goes rancid. And then, as you um, as those enzymes start to eat the oils, it becomes toxic that's what basically rancidity is 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 the changing of the food from wholesome something nutritious into toxic chemicals that will hurt you and that's what happens when the rice is is just a few hours old the warmth and the light um, just room room temperature warmth is enough to cause that chemical reaction to occur and your rice shavings will go rancid and you can't use them anymore for health they taste terrible and they hurt you not help you and that's a problem uh that was insurmountable for, for Patty, but she, she said, there's got to be a way. This is so important. I've got to bring the nutrition of, of brown rice to the masses. And she did a lot of studies to find out basically that 70% of the nutrition of the whole rice kernel is in the 8%. 92% of the rice is white. Only 8% of it is brown. And she was going after that 8% where 70% of the nutrition was. If you think about that, you're basically talking about you get 20 times more nutrition out of the brown part than out of the white part. So you got 8% with 70% of the nutrition. It was, an un, it was a wasted resource. Think of all the rice on the earth and we're throwing away the part that has, is 20 times more nutrient-dense than the white part. And we're throwing it away because it goes rancid. And we don't know how to stop that rancidity. Well, she came back to the U.S. with a mission. And when a person with a mission that knows what they want to do is really powerful. So she got her uh, a lot of people to help her. And they tried different ways of stabilizing it. They found out they did not want to cook it. Because the cooking process just accelerated the rancidity problem. They could, If they cooked it fast enough, they would then um, stop it from going rancid but they would have damaged the chemicals. So the very chemicals you're trying to get to, when you cook them, you ruin them. When you say chemicals, what do you mean by chemicals? I mean vitamin B, uh, all the different phytonutrients. So the, the nutrients and vitamins. The, the chemicals are the nutrients. That's what food is, chemicals. That's <laughs> Scientists say that. So we don't think of it that way, but scientists say everything is a chemical. Okay. It's an organic compound, which is a chemical. Patty Mac- Mayhew, or McPeak later on is she, she, when she married... She started researching the subject of how to make this uh, brown shavings of rice with 20 times more nutrition than the white part, how to make it a viable commodity, something that you could take a few months or even a year to get to the consumer and it would still be tremendously nutritious for them. She finally found that if you would push the slurry of brown rice It'll be in a wet slurry, and you push it through a metal sieve with the holes designed just to the right size. It would break the lipase enzyme, and it would no longer eat itself up and become rancid.
0: So essentially, they mush it all through the screen. It's c-
1: kind of like homogenizing milk, but they homogenize the slurry of okay. of the brown rice. And they've built their machines all sized properly to push it through these little, little metal holes that then stabilize or stop the lipase enzyme from damaging the, the, the brand. That's the secret. Well, anyway, I, I found that I could buy it through this company and I talked to the inventor of it and I started buying it for myself. And I found out that a couple of great things quickly happened. First of all, I was kind of, kind of stressed out from watching all these children. I was a dad that went to the work and I didn't deal with children. And I shortly became very stressed by trying to have six or seven or eight children talk to me at once, telling me what happened to them at school that day, and trying to figure out how to cook food for all of them. I think we had twelve children at the house at that time; might have been eleven. But I was everything for all of them. Uh, here all their, do all the, help them with their homework, fix all the meals, do all the laundry. Oh boy, talk about stress! So. My blood pressure went up during this period of time, and I started going to my doctors for help in sleeping, and they would give me different drugs from their world to help me. But when I started eating the the stabilized rice bran that I bought from Integra's Global, I started sleeping better. My blood pressure went down. In fact, I remember this very specifically. I had a million-dollar life insurance policy on me And the premium was about $200 a month. And after taking the rice bran for just three months, I was tested, uh, changed policy, tested for a new policy. And that um, premium went down to $120 a month. And the reason was before, my markers of health were not in perfect range. Your blood pressure and things like that. My blood pressure, my blood sugar, things I measured weren't um weren't my cholesterol levels triglyceride levels these were not good so it had a real effect on you it had a real effect on me and i my um ability to cope with stress went way up i i could handle more um i was also sleeping soundly for, instead of a few hours of sleep at night a nervous ty- kind of sleep i was sleeping soundly through the night so i found that this stabilized rice bran that I read about in a study from the University of Wisconsin back east on how it helped with uh, nerves and with uh, getting rid of all stomach ulcers and then I found a vendor for it and I talked to the inventor and I understood the invention I found that this food really made a difference in my life that was the beginning of healthy living that's how the whole thing got started because once I knew it was real I had a mission to tell other people about it too and That's how the whole company got started was with Patty Mayhew's invention of stabilized rice bran and realizing food makes a difference. This was not a drug. This was just a food. And it probably is the greatest food discovery of the last century that you can get to that 20 times the nutrition of white rice and it's a valuable commodity. Everybody on earth should eat it. That's why healthy living exists, because I'm telling everybody on earth, you should eat stabilized rice bran. So is that your, is that your main product then? Uh, for me, it was the beginning. From there, I learned, out, learned that there are other really super healthy foods. So following stabilized rice bran, I got to know really well the owner of the Center for Advanced Medicine. His name is William Arkellis. That's the
0: same Dr. Kellis you talked about, right? Yeah, that's okay. the
1: same Dr. Kellis. So um, he also says to anyone that will listen to him that your health will never improve until you give up on drugs and vitamins and turn to food. He's a doctor who says give up on drugs and vitamins, turn to food? Well, he's a, a biochemist type of a doctor. So he's got a degree in advanced nutritional biochemistry. And he founded the Center for Advanced Medicine where he employs many doctors. Got it. And, um, and when you
0: say doctors, are these guys like M.D.s? I think if I remember right, Doctor Kellis is an M.D., isn't he?
1: No, he's a naturopathic doctor. He's not an M.D. Oh, okay. He's a he's a nutritional biochemist. Okay, but he his partner at the clinic is an M- MD. Who's and that? That's um, is that Mark Drucker? That's that's Doctor Mark Drucker is so, his partner. So Doctor Kellis is
0: the founder of the Center France Advanced Medicine, and uh, Doctor Drucker and he's is the co-founder. bio yeah right so. Dr. Kellis is the biochemist, nutritional, nutritional biochemist, nutritional degree. biochemist, and then his main partner is Dr. Uh, Mark Dr. Drucker. Mark Drucker. Dr. Mark Drucker is an MD.
1: Yes. Okay. So they they have the Center for Advanced Medicine, and the way they handle their clients is to turn them on to food. Their patients at the clinic, and he is the uh, found co-founder also of Integris Global, and that's where I was getting my rice my stabilizer ice brand, which had such a great effect on me. So that was the beginning because then I found out that there were other basic foods that people needed to eat. Something that you'll learn fairly quickly when you dive into health is that our bodies are made of minerals. In fact, if you're a a student of the Bible, you'll know that we're made out of the dust of the earth. And if you are someone that's watched Star Wars and you see someone that gets phasered, you'll see, realize that they turn into a handful of dust. That's all that's left of you. The carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, hydrogen, the gases, they form our bodies, but without minerals, there's no function to them. Minerals are what give all the tissues their unique function. And you'll also learn out, learn if you listen to people like Dr. Kellis and other nutritionists that we get most of our nutrition is stolen right out of our mom's body. So our, our mother, is she... Uh, gestates us in the womb and nurses us, she gives up her minerals to us, and we get our good mineral supply from our moms. And from then on, after that point, usually we never eat enough mineral-dense food to improve on the original supply of minerals we got from her. But that's Dr. Kellis' first product that he brought to market. It wasn't stabilized rice bran. That was his second product. His first product that he brought to market was deep-sea minerals. But the first one I learned about was stabilized rice bran. And then I quickly learned about uh, the importance of minerals and where do they get their minerals? Well, that's, see, that's how Healthy Living got started, from one food to the next. So deep sea minerals came, came as a discovery by a college student in Hawaii. He was trying to create a renewable energy supply by creating a thermocouple between cold, deep ocean water and warm surface water. And... It was a boondoggle. He had built into the ocean a half-mile pipeline to go from the surface down to the deep ocean and have a temperature gradient that he could make electrical energy from. As most scientists know, if you have cold and you have hot, that will drive electricity between that, and you can create a thermocouple. You can generate electrical power. But it ended up costing about the same amount of money to make the electricity as it was worth. and so it wasn't a big uh, advancement in electrical energy. It's still known today as the National Energy Lab of Hawaii, uh, what his discovery back then. But now they have a huge pond of seawater that's pumped from that pipe that he built way down into the ocean. And it pumps up what's super mineral rich water. And that's turned into um, mineral supplements for hundreds of companies now. And that's what was uh, the deep sea minerals was the next thing I learned about and uh, it went on from there to other products like small molecule whey protein, which is made out of whey from cows. So they, they would get uh, cow whey, and then they would take out the casein and the lactose, and they would enzymatically reduce it down to dye and tripeptides. It's a fancy way of saying very small amino acids. Normally, steak, amino, amino acids in steak, the protein in steak it will be something like 70,000 Daltons in size, or sometimes even 100,000 Daltons. And that's a measure of the diameter of the molecule. And the small molecule whey protein had a Dalton size of 600 to 700 Daltons. Why so does that matter? It's 1,000 times smaller. What it means is it assimilates most people don't slow down enough to really digest the food they eat. So the smaller the molecule of food you eat, the more quickly it just goes right into your bloodstream and circulates around your cells and they get nutrients to use. So, yeah, why does it matter? It matters because unless you're gonna sit down for an hour or two and eat a lot of raw food with enzymes in it, your food's gonna just go right through you into the toilet and you have just made expensive sewer, sewage, but you didn't give your body any nutrition to use. Dr. Kellis had already done all the research for, that's what he is, he's a biochemical uh, you know, nutritionist. He'd studied how to get nutrition into the body, that's what he did his, his uh, studies on, his PhD studies. So he's already researched this whole thing, and I, I happened to land into it by researching on the internet for my own health, found the st- stabilized rice bran, and then I hooked into this company with all these foods or they're good for you deep deep sea minerals um, someone might say that's not food but it starts off as food what it really is is ocean compost that may not sound very appetizing but what you're getting is this uh, deep sea mineral from the pipeline that this hawaiian college student built they pulled that up it was 800 to thousand years old and it was all sea plankton and other sea life that had uh expired and descended down into the ocean and interestingly enough, it was resting on top of a, a cold layer of water. Now, for someone like me who's read every submarine book that was ever written, I understood what a, a thermal layer was. Submarines would all the time hide in thermal layers because sonar couldn't would bounce off of You say thermal layers. Is, the same, is that what you mean by cold water? Yeah. So you've got a layer of cold water with a different temperature gradient to the water just above it. And then sonar would bounce on the cold water. And if you rested right there, the enemy submarines couldn't see you because oh, that's cool. they were, that you were invisible. And they could also um, turn the power off because the density difference would let them rest there. They wouldn't keep sinking. And that's where this source of deep-sea minerals was coming from, a, a cold layer like that. But it was near volcanic activity in the Hawaiian Islands that has existed for thousands of years And this volcanic activity would spew out lava and other uh, minerals from the volcanoes. And then it would cool down and the animal life in the area would eat it. And they'd become super mineral rich. Then they would die, descend down into these thermal layers where the pipeline was built to and they'd be sucked up and turned into deep sea minerals. Now, deep sea minerals has the uh, saline, the salt, taken out of it because most of us have too much salt. So they would remove the salt. So you've got this thick ocean water with tons of minerals. Now, if you remember the Hunza cuts. The water that the Hunza cuts... Never heard of Hunza cuts. Well, if you're a nutritional researcher like me, you know all about lots of these things. So in Hunza land... Where's Hunza land? It's (laughs) near Pakistan. Okay. Okay, so they live at very high altitudes, and they have what they call glacial milk, which is glaciers that drip down and carry lots of minerals down into their water supply. And it's so thick that they call it glacial milk. And they're reputed to live very long lives over there. Anyway, so the 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 minerals are plentifully available at the end of this pipe that goes deep deep down into the ocean. It's a half mile long pipeline. and you can look on the website and see a picture of it. You can Google National Energy Laboratory, Hawaii, and see what's going on there. It's uh, an open secret. You should be able to find it easily. Of course nutrition isn't. Uh, something that Americans are, are pri- uh, pride themselves on. It's mostly a, uh, something that the Swiss and the Japanese, who have the longest lifespans on the earth, they do the nutrition much better than Americans were for fast food and, and drugs to when we don't feel good. But the real answer to feeling good is nutrition is food. So anyway, I, I, I was happy to find a company that had all these things that I was so interested in, and I um, became very closely associated with Dr. Kellis in fact, uh, we've been to their um, Center for Advanced Medicine in Encinitas, California, many times, and they all know us over there. So that's how, again, that's part of how Healthy Living got started. It was really backing in, backing, in, backing into the concept that food should be our medicine, and medicine should be our food, just like Hippocrates said long ago, or as Dr. Kellis says it today your health will never improve until you give up on drugs and vitamins and turn to food. If you want to stay with the uh, sad American diet and get the sad American diet result, which is Americans eat more vitamins than the whole rest of the world combined, but we have the worst health statistics save about 14 other countries, which are mostly third world countries. Other than that, America has the worst health statistics. We're not an example of health in this country because we don't turn to food. Heck, you go to Greece. Greece eats more food in one month than Americans eat in a couple of years. They eat vegetables over there still. If you can imagine that. They have whole meals that are basically vegetables. And the Swiss, they don't eat fast food. They cook their home cooking is what they do. And in Japan, they eat tons of seafood where all those minerals are. So it was a, a a discovery of health, and now my background in iridology from many years ago, and my keen interest in health, and my a way I research health now. When I find something I don't know in the in the in the area of health or a health food, I call up and I talk to the and the scientists and the doctors that are behind that discovery or behind the operation, and so I've learned a, about a lot of other products the same way by saying, I I want to know more about that, and then diving into it. And so we've added on product after product to uh, what we offer people at Healthy Living as we learn more about different ways to be healthy, different foods that provide health. And most of our products, even the ones that come in capsules, they're just foods that are put in capsules. Sometimes foods um, don't taste as good as Americans want them to taste. We have a delicate taste, sense of taste, what it things should taste like in our country. And so we put them in capsules. And we do have a lot of encapsulated foods now.
0: And you mean food powders, right? So like you grind it up food into a powder, dehydrate it, however it is, and then put it in a capsule.
1: Right. How and cool. another example of, of a food that is important to, to healthy living, Americans want um, really clean-smelling cooking oils. And so about 40, 50 years ago, um, American manufacturers found out that they needed to do something to make sure that their vegetable oil, their corn oil, their safflower oil, whichever version of oil they were selling for the for us to fry up our foods in, smelled really good. And so they went to all kinds of efforts to make sure that those foods smelled really good. And they would use lye and other chemicals in the process of clarifying, processing the oil. They would use high temperatures. And they did all of that so that their oil would not hold oxygen in it because what does oxygen do? It Mm. rusts metals and it makes foods go rancid. Right. And so they would treat the ability of that oil to hold oxygen. They would treat it right out of the oil so that the oil would no longer hold oxygen. Then it could be in that bottle at the grocery store for years. It would smell perfect. That's what they were trying to do, make the oil smell perfect. But they manage to make the oil not be healthy. And so you need to not eat those kind of oils. And we have some uh, great uh, omega, parent omega oils that are encapsulated in double sealed gel, nitrogen filled gel caps called uh, parent essential oils, which was brought to us by a great scientist named Brian Peskin. Another person that I've enjoyed getting to know over the years, he also makes it available in a just plain oil that you can add to a, a smoothie. It comes in gel caps cuz most most people don't like the taste of these really healthy oils. They've learned to like the you know the really the oils have been processed so they don't hold oxygen. They like the smell and the taste of those oils better than the ones that are really healthy. So we put those in capsules, soft gel caps for people. And that's that's the yeah, uh, that's how everything's evolved. Then Other discoveries, like Nobel Prize discoveries for how to have your heart be healthier. We now have uh, products called CardioCare and CardioPro. All they do is increase the production of nitric oxide, which maintains really elastic arteries. So your arterial system, you know, another scientist said that you're as old as your arteries are stiff. You don't want that to happen. You need to have nitric oxide. One of the best ways to get that is from food products that are powders that you mix in water and drink. Also beetroot powder uh, will help you have healthy arteries. So we have beetroot powder and arginine powders, lots of different uh, health foods. So
0: it sounds like from the get-go, this whole thing started with you finding uh, a research article about stabilized rice bran. The product you have now, I think you have two versions. One's called ricotine and one's called life-solubles. Is that right?
1: Uh, Ricotrine or, yeah, life-solubles or ricotrine or ricetine. Got it.
0: Um, so you found that that product exi- or like the concept for that product existed, you called it the scientist who, uh, wrote it and then found a company that sells a product that she would approve of. It sounds like, right? Right. So um, and then since then I've basically done the same thing for
1: several categories of food.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And it's never going to, we're going to keep discovering more about how to be healthy. So
0: healthy living started there. Then it's moved forward where we now we have... Dozens and dozens of, of products that are all based on scientists that you've called and worked with. We either have partnered with someone to bring it on board, or we manufacture ourselves. We test the soils that any of our foods come from before
1: it's... No, that's that's right. Uh, one thing I learned from Dr. Kellis is that uh, when you're helping people with their health, it's important not to add a toxin that their body will have to get rid of. Toxin as in... As in uh, high levels of pesticides. You don't want that or... Uh. For- or inorganic fertilizers, you want uh, everything to be. So, is all the food-based powders you ha- you have organic? Are all of them organic? They're either organic or wild crafted. So, if you can't get an organic rating because there's no way to monitor, it's coming from the wild. You'll it'll be a wild crafted. Referring instance, to
0: things like deep sea minerals, or.
1: Uh, yeah, like deep sea minerals um, is a good example, or. Um, Oyster tissue or other uh, plankton—they're just wildcrafted. They're not organic. Organic right. means that you've had some o- supervision on what you've put on it. But when nature makes it, what do you call it? <laughs> Probably organic. Well, that's a—that's a, a name that says we haven't added pesticides. Or Humans haven't <laughs> screwed it up. That's—that's yeah. that's what that means. Right. Okay.
0: And so now today, we—it uh, seems like you're still looking. Are you still looking to add on products? How's this? How's it look today? You satisfied what you have, or you ever satisfied? There's with what you no have?
1: way to satisfy me. I'm always looking for the next. Ah, now is
0: that a good thing, or is that a? It's
1: both good and bad. Okay. But w- as long as I'm alive, healthy living will be looking for something even better.
0: And when you say you're always looking for the next, you've had your stabilized rice brand for 20 years now. So obviously, looking for the next doesn't mean throwing away the old or what works. Absolutely not. It simply
1: means improving and progressing and growing, right? that's all it means or finding out something you didn't know right now for instance we are really wanting to bring back into uh, our customers ability to use every day um, goat goatway from from russia that's been cultured for hundreds of years it's just hard to get so we're working on that that's one of the goatway huh goatway yep okay yeah, well Can it's going to have that it's going to have the Saccharomyces uh, in it that's hard to culture they've had their cultures their secrets They don't want the outside world to know. But we've got some of the starters, and we'll have that in the future.
0: Okay. Well, that's exciting.
1: Well, I think that paints a fair
0: picture of how healthy living came to be. Gives you a little bit, of, for those who don't know Kent, you get a chance to meet him and hear him. This is uh, probably the format that we'll follow for a lot of these podcasts. We'll start with a few questions uh, that will lead into a discussion and a chance to learn from Kent. He spent a long time learning a lot of this, and quite frankly... The idea for the podcast came because there's too many people calling into the office asking the same questions, and Ken the one who has the answers. Again, because he's worked with so many scientists and experts and doctors over the years. So, having recognized there's a lot of common questions, we've compiled some of them, and we're hopefully going to address most of them here in this podcast. Now, for those listening, there is a way for you to submit questions. There's going to be a form on our website, there's a link in the bio, um, or in the description, whatever you listen to, this, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Um, there's a link in the description where you can go to submit your questions whatever your questions are we will work on answering them either in the next podcast or one coming up here shortly so thanks again Kent anything else you'd like to add before we close out for the day?
1: no except for if you lose your health what do you have now? the new wealth is health new wealth is health there you have it alright thanks guys hope you have a good night
0: thanks again for tuning in to Healthy for a Lifetime by Healthy Living International. That was our first episode. So that was episode one. Our guest was Ken Hinkson. He's the founder and owner of Healthy Living. If you have questions, feel free to go follow the link in our bio. Look us up on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok. We're just getting started on social media, and this is the, this is the start of it all. So some of our future podcasts are going to include things like gut health, leptin, energy, brain health, weight loss, diet versus lifestyle. Um, we're also going to go into... You know more specifics like what's the benefit of oysters oyster max zeolite what is zeolite how do you get rid of toxins those are all things that'll come up in the future so stay tuned thanks again